I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? It's a great time to be a basketball fan. (laughs) That shit broke me, dude. (laughs) Surviving and thriving. Let's get it. On today's pod, we discuss an injury to the greatest shooter of all time. We also discuss LaMelo Ball and the Hornets, winners of now five in a row. And finally, me and Cooper give you our picks for the Eastern Conference Finals. We discuss all of that and much more, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. So just a point of reference for everyone, we are recording this on Tuesday night because our Grizzlies are on national TV on Wednesday night. Uh, they rarity. play against the Brook- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a major rarity. And But, you know, of course, an hour before we record this, when we plan to record it on Tuesday night, we learned that Jaw's not playing. So uh, we're both very disappointed in that right now. Yeah, we are. But uh, I will have to say, I don't know what the win column is when Jaw doesn't play, but I do know that the loss column is only two. And Jaw's 14 missed. and two, baby. There it is. I thought it was 12 and two, so I'm glad I didn't say 12. But yeah, 14 and two. Obviously, we don't want Jaw, but we do have the best back. Backup point guard in the league in oh, Stones. For sure. So. All right, well, let's jump into these questions. Um, last week, Steph Curry got hurt in a game against the Celtics. Um, he now has a foot sprain that will most likely keep him out until the playoffs. We have all seen the play by now where Marcus Smart is diving for the ball and ends up kind of rolling up on Steph's foot. Steve Kerr obviously wasn't too happy with Marcus about that. Um, he kind of had some words for him mid-game and then after-game as well. He kind of walked it back. But, Cooper, my question to you is, do you think Smart intentionally hurt Steph? And does this affect who you pick out of the Western Conference? Uh, I'll start with the second question. It definitely affects who I pick. But when I say that, like, I was kind of still picking Suns or Grizzlies over the Warriors. But it definitely drops the Warriors out from, like, that teetering on who I'd have in the conference finals to maybe not now. Um, cause <laughs> I think, cause I watched that Celtics game and I watched him get hurt and then I texted you right after I was like, dude, this is literally like taking me back to the early 2000s, 2010 era. Um, when all the games ended in like 85 to 92 or something like that. And it was just like this slugfest and it was so boring to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally said to you, I was like, they might hurt worse not having Steph and they do Draymond. I was like, because the difference between Steph and Draymond, obviously, is one's the best three-point shooter of all time and the other one's one of the worst. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny watching, like, when you see memes of the Warriors and you see Draymond at the top of the key and then all five players are guarding somebody else and he's just wide open. You're like, if he, like, if he could get back to, the like, when they first started winning championships where he was, like, a 30%, maybe a little lower three-point shooter he would definitely help out a lot right now but losing Steph is a massive massive blow um and I hate it for this Warriors team because I'd be dang they just cannot stay healthy um whether it be Clay, whether it be um Draymond whether it be now Steph um they just find ways to lose a player um so I hate it for that aspect but hopefully Steph's back in time for the playoffs I think they said that he will be um just depending on how his rehab goes, because you never know. Rehabs, he could start running on it again when they tell him to, and then he tweak it and it push him back a little bit. Um, 
but as far as like the play goes i i saw absolutely no intentionality behind this um if you look at it all right first off we'll start with just marcus smart as a player everybody knows marcus smart he's in that pat bev type type of type of mold lance stevenson type of mold where they're they're gonna get in your grill they're gonna be really annoying and pester you the entire game but they're also hustlers like they're that's literally the main reason they've been in the nba as long as they have been they're hustlers they play incredible defense well, maybe not Lance, but he's a hustler. He's a really, they're really annoying and they agitate you. That's literally their whole purpose of being on the NBA court. Um, and if I'm being honest with you, knowing that he's a hustler, who's going to be the first person on the ground diving for a loose ball? Well, I didn't even mention Draymond Green. Draymond Green goes in this category too, but Draymond yeah. Green and Marcus Smart are going to be the first two guys diving on a loose ball. Um, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They could be playing the worst team in the league or the best team in the league. They're still going to dive on the ball. Every every game, every second that they're on the court matters to them. And that's just the type of player that Marcus Smart is. So when I'm watching this play, it looked like a literally, it looked like a routine Marcus Smart play. Um, he dove for the ball. And if you look at the play, he has two hands on the ball when he rolls on Steph's, like when he rolls over Steph's ankle. So I'm going to have to, I don't even remember who was commentating the game, but I literally just heard him say, he goes, look, I get Steph Curry's upset, or Steve Curry's upset because obviously you, Steph Curry just got hurt and you never want to see that from your best player. But he was like, Marcus Smart just hustled and got on a loose ball and saved a possession and got a possession for his team. He goes, I'd want that out of my player night in, night out. He was like, Marcus Smart made a basketball play. Um, and I'd have to agree with that. I think this is nothing like the Grayson Allen, Alice Caruso thing that we watched from a while back. I still didn't think that one was intentional, but like that plays a little bit different where you can kind of see like that. What's the left hand doing coming down swinging like that? I mean, that's kind of a free play too. But like in this instance, I really didn't think Marcus Smart was intentionally like, let me dive on Steph's ankle. Um, especially because they're up 20. Like, <laughs> They were killing the Warriors the entire game. Like, I don't think he's just intentionally trying to dive on Steph's ankle. And at the end of the day, Marcus Mark's going to dive on a loose ball against the Magic, against the Thunder, against the Warriors, against the Grizzlies, and against the Suns. Like, that's just who he is. Um, you can't tell him to stop being energetic and hustle. But I, I understand where Steve Kerr is coming from um, because, obviously, it's your best player. It's one of the best players in the league. You can't really afford to lose them so i get i get it from that aspect but you can't also blame marcus smart for playing basketball and hustling to a ball yeah i think you and i see very eye to eye on this just hearing where you're coming from i don't think there was any bad intentions there at all and you know i get my curves upset too but same time marcus smart's not out there trying to hurt people um I, I like the draymond comparison they are similar players they both hustle their asses off but uh, I completely agree. I don't think there's any intention. And I like how you um, kind of switch back to the Caruso and Grayson Allen thing because we did talk about that earlier in the season. And, you know, there was different stuff in there where we could dissect with that Grayson Allen play. There's not a lot of dissection to this. It's just a guy going for a loose ball, Curry happening to be there, and his ankle or foot happened to be sprained. I mean, that's really all there is to it. Um, so I didn't think there was an intention there when it comes to, you know, does it affect who I pick out of the Western conference? It doesn't do that either. Now it affects who I pick having to go to the conference finals. Like you said, 
but I still have Phoenix coming out of the West no matter what. They've won five in a row without Chris Paul, which is just ridiculous at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do because that 2-3, I think your prediction is right. So shout out to you. Our bold prediction of the second half, Cooper said that Memphis Grizzlies would hold on to the two seed, and it looks like they will because Golden State just fell to Orlando Magic without Steph Curry. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I do have the Grizzlies. Cause if it stays the way it is right now, the Grizzlies would have to play the Warriors in the second round. And I'm picking the Grizzlies in that series right now. I just am. And I, I got the Grizzlies going to the conference finals. And that's that's kind of how it shifted for me. I always wanted to see the Phoenix Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors going to the finals at the beginning of the year, but now it's just root for Cooper. Um, but one hundred percent. And yeah. those those are also like any of those matchups: uh, Grizzlies Warriors, uh, Grizzlies Suns Warriors Suns. Any of those matchups are going to be fire series. Yeah. So like, just salivating thinking about it. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Dude, right now is, is a great time to be a basketball fan. Not just with NBA content every day, but you got the March Madness, which is about the only time I can tune in and watch college basketball. <laughs> um, Same here, man. Yeah. But it's also super fun to watch that because you're getting to see a lot of the NBA prospects pop up. And so like it's just been a super fun time to be an NBA fan and just thinking about the playoffs that are just around the corner. Nothing exactly. better than playoff time. Exactly. Since you uh, brought up March Madness, uh, what is your, what is Cooper's opinion on Chet Holmgren? We have seen how, you know, decisive everybody is on Chet Holmgren. What is Cooper's opinion on that? Look, Chet Holmgren is a freak. Um, And obviously with, I mean, with college basketball, there's definitely a difference in uh, who you play in the NBA. We all know that. Um, Not everybody who plays college basketball, um, will go and play NBA basketball. There's a lot of incredible college basketball players that never play a single second of NBA basketball. Um, but Chet Holmgren, you can't teach size. Um, mm. And he's like, what, 7'1", seven, 7'2"? Seven, yeah. Dude yeah, definitely needs sure. to gain some, gain some LBs. Um, but... I mean, I didn't watch the full Memphis Gonzaga game. It was amazing. That, shout, also, shout yes. out to that game. That game was fire. I'm not a Tigers fan by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but Memphis basketball going from losing to Ole Miss and Georgia in back-to-back games, which you know as much as I do. Uh, Georgia, Rebels, Georgia had to have had the worst basketball team in the world. <laughs> Georgia was worse. Yeah, sorry. I got to say that. We did beat Georgia by 20. So mm. uh, shout out to our, like, one SEC win of the year. Um, but you when, when watching that Memphis team, I was like, they're just wasting so much talent. Like, you know, like it's just that side. Like, obviously, as a basketball fan, it's disappointing, but then I'm not a Tigers fan, but just watching them, you're like, that's just disappointing. And then to see them literally give Gonzaga probably the biggest test they'll get until like a Duke or maybe a, who knows who comes out saying a St. Peter's is apparently wrecking the world right now. Um, but Chad Holmgren, I mean, the dude's stat line was, and obviously, this is not a comparison. I'm just comparing the stat line. I'm not comparing the players by any stretch of the imagination. But it was Wilt Chamberlain-esque. Um, there's, I mean, obviously Wilt Chamberlain played in a very different NBA world. And so the, you take this with a grain of salt too. But like Wilt Chamberlain would post stat lines of like 50 points, 30 rebounds, 10 assists, almost 20 blocks, and like 10 steals. Like, I mean, that's 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, he never did that, but like, mm-hmm. I'm just exaggerating. But like, he would have stat lines like that. And Chet Holmgren did that in the first round. Obviously, it's against a chump team. But I watched him, and like, if Jalen Duran, who's a much like bigger player, like Jalen Duran is a freak of a human for how young he is. I mean, the dude's like 18, 19, and he's just yoked. Um, every time he got the ball on Chet, Chet blocked it, or Chet, like, forced a bad shot. Um, I felt like the Tigers could not score very much when Chet was actually on the court. Now, he got in foul trouble, and he fouled out in this game, and he didn't have, like, the incredible, like, scoring night. But you can't deny how good he is. Now, will he be a good NBA player? I don't know. Um, That's kind of the risk with a lot of these guys. And I feel like there's a lot more um, banking on potential with some of the guys in this draft. I won't spoil who my favorite draft player is right now, or like who my favorite prospect is right now. We can save that for another day, because um, mm-hmm. we'll probably talk about that after championship uh, in in March Madness and all that stuff. But um, you're banking on potential. Um, his scoring is, I think, still kind of raw. Um, he can do some. He 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 flashes a lot on that, but defensively, I think he's going to go in the league and be a really solid. Um, and I say solid. I'm not saying great. I'm not saying it incredible. I'm saying solid. I'm sticking right in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can be a really solid like plus defender um, his first couple of years. But I really want to see him hit the weight room, uh, get a little bit bigger, um, and also focus on his offensive game. I'd really love to see him get put with a, a big that's like pretty skilled offensively. Um, but you never just know. I think I if I was comparing him to an NBA player right now, I'd pick a guy like Mitchell Robinson. Because um, Mitchell Robinson, I mean, you and I watched this man literally yeah. deny jaw like a hundred times in one game. Um, and not many people do that. But he, he's a shot. He, he races shots. That's what he does. He gets rebounds. Um, and he dunks. That's kind of his game right now. Um, and that's kind of what I could see Chet being – his first couple years in the NBA, he has the potential um, to be a really, really solid offensive player. Um, but I'm not out on him. I'm also not if, – if I'm picking a player out of this draft to start my team around, I don't know if it'd be him. Um, so, I'm, gonna, I'm that's kind of where I am with him. I don't think he's going to be bad. I don't think he's going to be LeBron James, Michael Jordan. But I don't think he's going to be bad. That's kind of where I am with him. Like I said, though, I love one player in this draft, um, and he's a dog, and mm-hmm. I'm not spoiling it, but that'd be who I'd pick. Um, so that's kind of why I lean that way. But Chet is a really, really, really solid uh, player, and I think he can be a solid NBA player. Um, but with his size and like how skinny he is, you're always – scared of injuries like you and I both every time jaw goes down we kind of hold our breath mm-hmm. his jaw's still really really skinny um for his size and just the way he plays is so aggressive and so like I mean the dude tries to catch a body night in night out so like you're always mm-hmm. like please don't land wrong <laughs> um and that's kind of how I feel like he's probably gonna be with Chet yeah no I, I see what you're saying there my whole thing is I feel like people are like fall in love with the potential of him right now he's he's putting up incredible numbers like you said but I see I mean people fell in love with the potential of Evan Mobley last year and this is coming from a guy I wasn't high on Mobley last year and you've seen what he's done I mean he's probably gonna win rookie of the year 
And so I, I'm not going to say I'm right or wrong, but then again, Mobley did not look like Chet does now. Mobley at least had some weight on him. And I don't know if you saw that play where uh, Jalen Duran had him on the block and literally yeah. just lowered his shoulder. <laughs> Chet flopped and Duran just absolutely yammed on his ass. <laughs> That shit was so funny. It was just like a perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what you kind of assume with like his body style and then Duran style. That's what I was wanting to watch. I was wanting to watch just Duran just like absolutely just take over on that game. Because mm-hmm. Duran can't do it. I mean, we're talking about two yeah. lottery picks here, probably two top 10 picks. Um, and so I really just thought with Duran's size that he would probably outbody. Um, no, he didn't. Uh, Chet, but he didn't the whole game. Like I, like if you literally just brought up the one play that I remember him just being yeah. like absolutely like, all right, I'm dunking on you right now, um, and that was the one play. And yeah, then Chet, yeah, Chet even got a flop warning. And I thought that was hysterical. But you brought up Evan Mobley, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I loved Evan Mobley. Um, I didn't watch very many games yeah, of Evan Mobley, but I loved Evan Mobley, and I, I kid you not, I. I wanted the Grizzlies to trade like when they traded Jonas um, and they got Steven Adams, uh, Eric Bledsoe in that 10th mm-hmm. pick. I was like, please trade up one more time. Please get Evan Mobley. I was like, could you imagine Evan Mobley and Jaron Jackson Jr. in the same backcourt? I was, and I, I was literally salivating thinking about yeah. that backcourt or that front court. And I was like, please give it to me. And then obviously they didn't. And they got Zaire. I love Zaire. Um, but I sat there the whole time being like, if they get Evan Mobley, it's over for the league. I was like, this won't even be fair. Um, and because mm-hmm. I really, I compared him to Jaron Jackson. Um, and they're very similar. You watch them play each other, and it's like that Spider Man meme. Um, obviously, they're at different points in their career because he just came in the league, and like you said, he's going to run rookie of the year. Jaron has struggled with some injuries, and so he hadn't his. This has kind of been like his first year, but you also see how important he is to the Grizzlies because you and I both talk when he gets in quick foul trouble. No, and goes off the court. It's like we don't even know how to defend. It's it's like he and like we always assumed Dylan Brooks was our anchor of the defense, but Jaron Jackson is the anchor of our defense, um, and we can't afford to lose him. So that's, but I, I comparing Chet to Evan Moe. Yeah, and we'll see. He still needs to put weight on, but I, I mean, he's hella talented he's great on the defensive end and honestly he's kind he's kind of like jaron too i mean jaron and evan and chet they're all kind of unicorn ish um another concern i would have is health but you know that's yeah every, you know unicorn big yeah it's nothing he can do about that but always I, yeah that's you know we'll see how exactly. it goes and you know there'll be a lot more yeah. to time to talk about it as we lead up to the draft this summer but yeah facts you just hope he doesn't turn out to be a lexi (laughs) (laughs) speaking of him do you ever hear that's another guy kevin o'connor loves man that shit's so funny i don't i just can't see him being (laughs) chris that's another guy chris jumps all over his ass about it's so funny Pokashevsky did kill the Grizzlies that one game. Uh, I I literally remember where I was. Leah and I were in Nashville visiting her dad when he lived there. When he lived mm. there, um, and we were like on one of the skyscrapers eating eating at one of the bars or just having drinks outside of one mm. of the bars, um, and, and like looking at the sky view. And I was watching the game and I was so <laughs> mad because I was like, we're letting Alexei Pokashevsky literally right. dominate us right now. This is infuriating and. 
Lo and behold, they won. And it was because the Grizzlies were sloppy. I'm pretty sure that was like a Sunday afternoon last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was a Sunday yeah. afternoon last year. I knew it was an early game. That's why I was like, dang it, why are we watching? Why am I watching yeah, this right yeah, now? Yeah, I remember that too. God, yeah, that was like one of the worst losses of the year. I think it was like towards the end of the season yep. when we finally got hot, right when it mattered. All right, but let's let's continue talking about our Grizzlies. If you were the Grizzlies at the number two seed, and you know we talk about this rotation of six and seven seeds, it's it's really competitive in the West right now. It's in between Denver and Minnesota. Um, who would you rather play, Nuggets or the Timberwolves? I'm going to answer your question with a question for all you. Right. All right. Um, since the All Star break. There has been a team who is number one in defense, and I think number three or number five in offense. Do you know this team? The Wolves. We're talking about them. It is the Timberwolves. Um, The Timberwolves are hot right now. I think last I looked, they were nine and one in the last ten. They're in fuego right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm definitely not picking them. Um, I didn't really like the matchup earlier because. I feel like every time we play them, it's like a slugfest, and you just hope and pray you get the last, you get the shot at the end. Um, every time we play them, I feel like it comes down to that, or it's a massive blowout for one team or the other. Um, there's like no in between. Um, so I'm picking the Nuggets solely on the fact that the Michael uh, Porter Jr. camps and the Jamal Murray camps have been super quiet. Um, this team, I don't think, would just Jokic can beat us in a seven-game series, um, and that's probably that's probably really cocky um, and arrogant. But like, I and obviously Jokic is gonna most likely be MVP again, um, so I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, but I just don't see uh, Austin Rivers, Will Barton, and um, Bones Highland, Jeff Green, to Michael Green. I don't see that team beating our team. Um, that's who I like. Obviously, Nikola Jokic can beat any team that he wants, but not with the team that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm picking the Nuggets all day long. Um, that's if they make it out of the play-in. I think they will, just because you have a guy like Jokic, and the other teams in the play-in are kind of like meh. Um, so I'd pick the Nuggets. Um, but I'm interested to hear who you're picking. Uh, <laughs> you know, you and I see eye to eye on almost everything we talk about when it comes yeah. to the Grizzlies. But yeah, uh, Nuggets, I'd, I'd pick them all day, every day. We're 3-0 and against them this year. We've beat them up in Denver, and we beat them back at the crib as well. Timberwolves are just a bad matchup for us. Um, we're, yes. We've gotten beat by 42 by them earlier this year. They beat us twice. We beat them once, and you and I were at that one game where we won. It was on a John Conchar like last second three. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> seventeen exactly. rebound game in Minnesota. They just Fire exactly. Game. And I don't like Pat Bev falling around Jaw for seven games. I don't like that either. But honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think it sounds arrogant at all that we can beat the Nuggets. I don't think they're that good. And it sounds like Jamal Murray's not coming back. I think, you know. Throwing in Steven Adams and Jaron on Jokic and having them, you know, have minutes on him, I think will be fine. I really do because they have no answer for Ja. Ja always plays well against them. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I have Michael Porter uh, kind of stashed with my IR right now in fantasy mm-hmm. basketball because um, I'm kind of hoping and praying that he can come back <laughs> um, solely for my fantasy basketball purposes. But like one week they'll like give an update and they'll be like. Uh, he just finished up his uh, third stint in the G League, getting a couple practices in. Um, he's coming back up to the NBA. He could play next week. 
and uh, it's next week, and the man's still not playing. So um, who knows? <laughs> Dude, I swear, it's always something, and it's like some always like some old ass like injury too. It's like a lower back soreness, tendon torn. I'm like, dude, this guy's like in his lo- like lower twenties. Like, you need to stop. He's like 21, 22. I think he's both of yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. And he was he had like injury. I don't know. He had a lot of injuries in college too. Yeah, that's why he never played in Missouri because of the back. Yeah, exactly. And they just signed him this past offseason to a five year, one hundred seventy two million dollar contract. So I'm glad that's well spent for them as well. Oh, money well well spent. Let's not go get uh, Nikola Jokic a competent team. We're gonna get him two stars that are riding the pond the whole year. <laughs> it's all right. They can they can uh, sign Austin River and Jeff Jeff Green to one years. The man for the one-year deals. Yep, those are the two one-year deal guys. All right, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Enough about our Grizzlies. We love talking about them. I apologize, everyone. We we could talk about them all day. We'd be here for another three hours. But let's let's move to a team that's kind of similar to the Grizzlies in the East. That's kind of one year behind us. They had a lottery pick, LaMelo Ball, the year after the Grizzlies got jaw. And that is the Charlotte Hornets. They've now won five in a row. They're still um, ninth in the East, I believe. But they're they're catching fire. And they had been struggling ever since Gordon Hayward went down. Uh, do you believe that Charlotte can make it out of this competitive play-in in the East and finally make it back to the playoffs? <sighs> um, mm, that's, actually a, that's actually a fire question. Um Obviously, I really like Lamelo. Um, he, he's super fun to watch. They're currently the nine, um, which puts them at playing Atlanta first. Um, I think they can beat Atlanta. Beating the loser of Toronto, Brooklyn, is a little bit different of a task. Because, um, yeah, that's that's just a harder task. This the East is as deep as I can even remember. I've never. I can never remember a East uh, playoff looking this nice. tight. Because um, literally, there there's ten games separating one through ten, and then you look at the E or the West, and there's uh, ten games separating the one and the two, and then ten games separating the or and then seven games separating the seven through the ten. So like, or that's twelve games. My bad. I'm bored. My math. Um, so like, the West is a little bit like. You got top heavy, and then it kind of once you get to the six through ten through twelve, maybe ish, it's kind of tight right there. But the East is tight all throughout. Um, I think they win their first play in game, but don't win the second one. Um, but I do think that them finding a way to get on a win streak and find ways to win without Gordon Hayward is really good for them. Um, because they've been kind of dependent on Gordon Hayward. Um, they struggle really, really bad when he's not playing. Um, and I think it's good that they have found a way to win when he, he does when he's not playing. Because if I'm being honest, I don't think you can rely on him because um, he gets hurt way yeah. too often. Um, he's an incredible player when he plays um, for the culture. Um, but it's just... It's kind of tough for him to be the guy that is your glue because he doesn't play very often, um, not full seasons. Um, and so for this team, I think it's really good for them to be finding ways to win uh, without him right now. 
because I b- before they had the last two games on this win streak, uh, when they were it was just three, they were thirty five and thirty five, and if you looked at it, they were literally on the road. They were a five hundred like five hundred team at home. They were five hundred uh, against the East. They were five hundred and against the West. They were five hundred. They were like perfectly balanced as all things should be, like the Thanos meme. And I was like, well, kudos to them. They just. They just always tip the balance right over, and now they're 37 and 35 with a nice little win streak. Um, and I don't know who they have coming up, but um, you definitely would probably want to get out of having to play two playing games if I'm them. Um, which obviously, if you lose the first one, you're having to play two, but um, I just it's, it's gonna be tough for them to beat both the Hawks and one of the Bucks or the Toronto Raptors. Um, so, I think they can get the first win for the plan, and that can I guess we're counting that as a playoff win. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't see them making the playoffs this year. If I'm being honest, yeah, I don't either. I think it's you know cute what they're doing right now without Gordon Hayward. But honestly, I wouldn't even pick them over Atlanta. I just watched Trey Young drop 45 in MSG and. They, they would have no answers for Trey, and they have no answers for anybody that's big, period. It's It's been simple sure. for the past couple years with them. They need a fucking big man. It's not that hard. Like, Mason Plumlee's not the answer. Yep. Like, he's a backup center at best. It's like a Daniel Tice type, you know? And Tice, he doesn't see minutes on a yep. good team. And Mason Plumley needs to be a backup or less. They need to go out and get, you know, picking off our Grizzlies. A Steven Adams would be serviceable for them and make them a hell of a lot better than they are now. A Zubak or something for, like at the Clippers would be good for them. They just need some type of competence. Miles yeah, Miles Turner would be fantastic for them. Um, but it's not even, you wouldn't even have to go like of that quality of a player. You just need a serviceable starting center. That's what they need because their guard play is absolutely incredible with Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. But, yeah, I just, you know, they if they don't do something in this offseason about a big man, then I don't know how incompetent their GM has to be. But they've drafted well, but it's just a simple fix. They tried to do the Montrez Harrell thing, which I liked, but Trez obviously isn't the same guy that he was when he was out at L.A. a few years ago. and competing for six man of the year i think he may have won that actually yeah i think he won once and then uh lou will won the other one. who was the other guy that came up yeah lou will um man lemon pepper <laughs> um but yeah i agree they've needed a center for a really long time yeah i really wanted them at the trade deadline to trade for uh miles turner that would be obviously his injury his injury played a little bit into that one but uh they they could use a Jalen Duran. They can use. Uh, I, I think they need to address the big man in this draft. Their first pick, yeah. Jalen Duran, um, would be interesting. They need. Yeah. He'd be an interesting one. I I would prefer if I'm the Hornets, a guy who can stretch the floor. Yeah. Um, just because you have Lamelo, so a guy that can literally just take away a paint, a body in the paint for Lamelo to get downhill and play make and do whatever he wants. I think is a great thing for them. That's why I like the Miles Turner fit. Um, but Jalen Durham was also just the first one that popped in my head. But um, they 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 have to address this position. Montrez Harrell 
as good as he is, he's better off the bench. Like you, you, you literally said it. You literally said it. They find really, really good backup centers, but they can't get a starting exactly. point. Um, they should have got Daniel Gafford over Montrez yeah. Harold um, from the Wizards if I was yeah. them. But you gave up Ish Smith for Montrez Harold, so I don't <laughs> think anybody's telling you that you lost Ish that trade. Ish Smith so. on his um, Yeah, he, he's literally went around Poor the world. Let's stay in the East for our final question. If you had to pick two teams to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals today, and yes, we know how crowded the East is. That's why this is a question on our show. Who would you take, Cooper? Who would be your two teams if you had to pick an ECF today? Who would you take? Easy. Bucks, Heat. That's that's easy. Uh, for me, at least. It might not be for everybody else in this world, but I'll... I, we, you you brought up the stat last week. Who are the there's only three teams in the league uh, with top ten offense and defense. The Heat are one of them, and I don't know what the Bucks is, but they they can't be too far behind because they have elite defense, elite defenders, um, and you have a Giannis. So um, I just I I think that'll be our uh, conference finals over there. Now I, a lot can happen. A lot can happen. Um, there could be injuries. There can be upsets, like a team just catching fire, like the Atlanta Hawks did last year. But if I'm picking the day, it'd be those two teams. I'd love to see that series for a third year in a row, and I think that's the most plausible one for sure. But honestly, I've kind of Miami's played good lately. I've just kind of fell fell off the train a little bit. Jimmy hasn't been playing as well or shooting the ball as well as he should be. And I, it's probably because I just watched them last night lose to Philly without. Uh, James Harden and Joel Embiid, but so that's probably still new in my mind. So I, I'm just going. Yeah, the Tyrese Maxi game. Ah, dude, I was, I was making a video about Tyrese today. I was just absolutely in heaven. They need to move off Tobias Harris. That's my whole thing with Philly. Facts. Because that, that's Facts. taking the ball out of Tyrese's hand, dude. And I'm, I don't know. And don't even get me started with small game, James, dude. I don't even think he was on the bench for that game. I saw Joel going crazy when Ty- Tyrese knocked down that three. And I didn't see James. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he was at the club or, you know. He was at the club. Yeah, yeah it was either there or McDonald's <laughs> eating something. <laughs> but, but anyway, sorry, we're not talking about Philly. Because neither one of us are picking them because they have a cancer in their locker room. Uh, no. But I'm going with Milwaukee, like you said, but I'm going with Boston. They're hot as hell right now. Their, their defense is insane. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can get a bucket on any possession. And I don't know. I just I'm really high on Boston, probably because they've kicked the Grizzlies' ass a couple times this year, but yeah. I think I could see Boston kind of being like an Atlanta of last year. Boston, Milwaukee would be super fun to watch. Either Um, one of those, dude. All these playoff series are going to be amazing. I would love that. Facts. I'm going to enjoy the first one. Yeah, exactly, dude. (laughs) But, no. I You know – I always forget about Boston, and that kind of sounds horrible. But they've just they've been under the radar this year with new coach and everything, and so they just haven't been like as like uh, advertised as always. Um, But I mean, I wanted Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum at the trade deadline. Like if I was thinking big, and we were getting rid of some of our players, like that's who I wanted. So like obviously I love both of these players, and like you said, their defense right now um, is unconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, So. I don't think anybody wants to play them in a series, and Ch- poor Chicago might have to first round, and they're just gonna, we're gonna sound like geniuses when we hit the all of our uh, in season 
stats. Obviously, my Anthony Simon one, my Anthony Simon's one didn't age very well because he's on the shelf right now. And I'm super <laughs> about that. But I had that yeah. one too. Like I, I felt so good about it. I was like, dude, he's about to get most improved player, and I'm gonna sound like a freaking genius. ESPN's gonna call me. Right. Um, I was super pumped, and then as we can see, he's injured and knowing the Portland Trailblazers who just want to get a better lottery odd, they're probably gonna be like, Yeah, Anthony, just tell them you, you gotta go to the eye. <laughs> um so super sad about that, but it is what it is. But we're gonna sound like geniuses at the end because Chicago's gonna be a quick exit, I think. Yeah, dude, I, I really think so. I think it's trending towards that way. And just a little bit more about Boston. They've won twenty two of their last twenty six and it's just insane. And nobody's talking about it, you know? Yeah. No, and that's what I'm telling you. They they're under the radar right now, and it's kind of it's incredible for that team because new head coach, um, and I think it's letting them navigate the waters right now, and I think exactly. it's great exactly. And that pickup of Derek White was just huge, huge, yeah. massive. All right, I think that's going to do it for today's show, Cooper. I enjoyed it as always, and I hope you have a great night, my friend. Yes, sir, you too.